Breaking the Panel is made possible by you and other listeners just as awesome as you are. If you want to support the show and get a little something in return, just go to patreon.com slash breaking the panel because we do appreciate the help. I'm not going to say Star Trek is easy to write for because it's tricky and you've got to, you know, it's got to be compelling. It's got to hit it's all the tricky? right tricky? Yeah. It's got, well, you've got to hit all the right chords. <laughs> I was hoping you go. Tricky, tricky, tricky. No, I'm not going to do that. You're weird. <laughs> <laughs> These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comics life. We're breaking the panel. And welcome to Breaking the Panel, your inside look at everything that is awesome about comic books and the world. Sometimes we go geopolitical. Sometimes we just go all colossus on your ass. I don't know what to tell you. I am the Rock on a Podcasting, Charles McFall. Over to my right is the amazing and simply wonderful Paul Klotz. Ooh, I like that. I like you, it when you sing my praises. You, you did a great job last week, man. You, you really you, you steered the chip, and it was awesome. I, I love blush, Dad. I, I love listening to that episode. I'm, I'm, this is this is the time like you can go. I got it from you, man. Instead of the crap y'all pulled what? in the show, where you threw me under the bus for dropping f bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I ever praise you on this show? I, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's just me and you this week because I hear no no footsteps in the background. I'm not sure if Chris is connected. Are, are you Are you there, Chris? <laughs> he muted his microphone. <laughs> yeah, hey, Chris Wisdom. Yeah, uh, no, you know what? Honestly, dude, I, I I I never really noticed. I grew up. I have kids in my house. Right, it's something I deal with. And just hearing it, just I don't know, it became part of the show. It's kind of like there's certain shows where a little bit of dog noise in the background is, is part of the show, and it doesn't seem right. When uh, Kevin in the early days of Smodcast, Kevin Smith, <laughs> if he didn't bring his dog up to the microphone, it wasn't a Smodcast. Yeah. You know? He wasn't yelling at Shucky. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's it, that that's that's the thing. So I'm just giving you some grief. Uh, but both of you, you did great. Well, thanks to Carl, who is doing some amazing work with our SEO stuff at Giant Size Team Up Network. But he brought the history and the knowledge and uh, actually did some tech work and helped us out there, too. So we definitely appreciate everything. And while I'm saying good job there, right, Mike Wooder, producer at large, did a fantastic job putting that show together last week. I mean, you guys don't know. Apparently... These kids set the damn toilet on fire. They put a cherry bomb in the toilet, forgot to flush, blew it up, water everywhere. Somehow that caused a fire. I don't know how that happens. And uh, Mike Mike cleaned up the house and fixed everything, and it sounded great. So good on you, Mike. Oh, well, pappy. Well, well done, <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> All right, so we got some fun and and some fussy stuff to talk about, as you know we do. Let's just do it in order. So the SE, no, 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 this is that's different. But the the NES Classic, right? Nerds lost their minds over this pre-ordering. Got to get it. I looked at it and went, I, I don't get it. I have nostalgia for NES, man. I, I cut my teeth on the Atari. Went from the Atari to the NES. Had Zelda, first game in my life I ever beat was Legend of Zelda, and it has more meaning than that for me, but I won't drag out the story. But I saw the, the, the NES Classic and the NES Mini or whatever. I'm like, okay, but I'm a graphic snob, so I'm not even going to go near that. But you nerds lost your minds over it. So, Chris, what's going on with uh, 
with the NES Classic? Well, they've decided that Nintendo has decided one of two things: they either hate their fans or they hate money. And yes. I'm just gonna D, I'm gonna step back D, and I'm gonna let the above. I'm gonna let Paul talk to it because I I, I think he's been saving up for a while. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I haven't ranted in a couple of weeks, so you know, cue box sliding clip. Uh, okay. So it's dangerous to go alone. Scalp this, right? NES Classic comes out, and what it is is it's the original Nintendo Entertainment System, a bunch of classic games. Uh, the idea is that it's, you know, retro, but it's modern equipment, you know? Because uh, for the folks at home who don't maybe know, the big issue with, like, retro games is Nintendo, like, classic Nintendo systems were not made well, okay? There's a whole run of them that have reoccurring flaws. Uh, there's a whole, you know, cottage industry of people who fix fix them, and they have reoccurring issues. So you might be one of those people who's fortunate enough to have your like original equipment and it's working great, but yeah. for a lot of a lot of folks that stuff has fallen apart. And plus, you know, it was a different age. We didn't take care of stuff like we take care of things today. Uh, agreed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, kids in the eighties and the nineties, we beat the crap out of stuff. You know what I mean? And plus, <laughs> you are talking about uh, something that's thirty, forty years old. That was eight bit graphics. You know, and you had to blow. <sighs> You made that, but, but the that's cartridge. the whole thing. You're not supposed to do that, right? <laughs> because right, of the moisture from your breath. But everybody did it, Every- or the whole where you're no. smacking the dust out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so the the appeal of the NES Classic is that it had a whole crap load of games on it. Thirty it had thirty pre-installed 30, games, on which it, is yeah. a lot of games. Which lot- is yeah. A lot of them were very popular. Some of them were kind of hard to find, you know, because that's the other thing is retro gaming is making a resurgence. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody jokes about Battletoads all the time, but there's a handful. Oh, I love Battletoads. There's a handful of titles uh, on the NES that were printed that were like just short printed. You know, they weren't for whatever reason at the time they weren't super popular. Maybe they didn't resonate with audiences. Whatever, they didn't get the same print run that say like you know you were talking about Zelda. I mean, gold cartridge mm-hmm. Zelda. Yeah, nostalgic I, yeah. but like they they were printed en masse i mean they were everywhere and there was mm-hmm. i believe there was even a uh, a version of the nes that came out a little later after launch that came with it so mm-hmm. basically you know they're out there like if you want that classic mario brothers duck hunt double mm-hmm. cart that's mm-hmm. out there everywhere you know because that came with like the first gajillion right um, so there's all kinds of classic stuff that is easy to find, but there's a bunch of them that are relatively obscure, hard to find. So that's the appeal of this product. Now, the issue is, and has been thus far, that it has been really hard to find because Nintendo underproduced them. Right. And now that is classic Nintendo. Even when they launched the Wii U, the Switch, they underproduced their stuff, which causes a shortage, which causes demand. And the the shelves stay empty, mm-hmm. and because they're a Japanese company, they get away with it because the American laws say you can't, you you're not supposed to cause a shortage on purpose. But maybe they get around it by having fancy paperwork or not even being in the U.S. at all. But well, we have a problem with that. Being that it's an imported product, I think they do dodge some of the uh, some of the laws. Yeah, some of the stuff that goes on here. But that that is really like the the beef I have with Nintendo is that they short print things. They short produce things 
and they create artificial scarcity around literally almost everything they put out. And it's really stupid because they do two things. They do that. They make things really hard to get. And the only thing that that I have no problem with what people call scalpers or profiteers or whatever. I've played that game. You know, I have no problem with people who are, you know, intuitive and forward thinking, doing what they can to make some money. You know, that's the American dream. I applaud it. Um, It sucks for the end consumer, though. It sucks when you want to get this for yourself or your family or whatever. And, you know, something that should normally be a hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks is suddenly 300, 400, 500 bucks because you can't find that product. Um, And that's what's happened with the classic. And so a lot of people are, you know, understandably upset. And so to me, the answer is if, if I'm Nintendo, okay, maybe I underproduce something a little bit initially because we don't know how popular it'll truly be, but let's be real. Nintendo products are always pretty popular. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they always come in under expectations regardless, but I can understand being a little bit cautious because you don't want to end up with like the situation that some products have ended up where they, you know, they manufacture hundreds of thousands of units that just sit around in stores until they get liquidated. But but there's a distinct difference between new software, new hardware and software with old established fan based hardware. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if if they were worried about this, they're not paying attention to the Retron market and all these third party these third oh, yeah. party well, systems I, that they're losing money to on a yearly basis. There's no way they could have been worried about this because the pre sale sold out. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so the first run was 100% sold. So there's no way they were worrying about this not selling. Well, I mean, they, that's the argument I'll make. Is I, like I said, I can understand a company being cautious, but at the same time, we know that this would have been successful. The yeah. moment it was announced, everybody was crazy over it. Yeah. Um, and so they just recently announced that uh, there, there's, I think, one more shipment going out to the States. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, it's done. They're not going to produce anymore. And here comes the rumor in, in the last couple days. Well, before you get to before you get to the rumor, before you get to that, uh, that I mean that alone announcing oh one more shipment done, you're selling out. Every time this thing hits up for sale, it's gone within minutes. And I'm looking at Amazon right now, looking at some of the reviews. Highly reviewed, fifty six percent is five stars. Uh, but everybody, every last one says. Do not pay more than $60 for this and get the controller extension because apparently it's a three-foot cord for a controller, which is retarded. For that classic experience. <laughs> yeah, for that classic experience. Yeah, you have to sit on top of it. You're right. That was That is actual classic experience, right? But every last one says, do not spend more than 60 bucks for this, yeah, period. It's fun, but it's not worth more. And right now on Amazon, it is sitting at... Come on, scroll back up. 234 used and new from $250. But you can't buy it direct. I mean, this is all secondary market through Amazon. So $250 for this thing that, 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 that's something that, something that can be accomplished with microcomputers. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. on. (laughs) This question, this is a legit question. This got 27 upvotes, 27 freaking upvotes. Will old cartridges work on this model? Oh God. No, this is not playing any cartridges, cartridges at all. It comes with 30 games and that's, that's it. That's the answer. (laughs) Yeah. That was, that was to me, that was one of the big things with when that system came out, which ultimately is the reason I didn't buy it. Cause 
I can I can get on YouTube and for thirty five bucks I can make a sweet Raspberry Pi emulator out of out of a Nintendo cartridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So yes. I, I can take care of that and I can load it up with all the games. But give me the it give me something extra on that. I'll pay an extra I'll pay seventy five dollars for it out of the box, even a hundred dollars, if you give me the ability to plug in my old cartridges in addition to what you already have loaded on that machine. It's not even the real punch out game either. No, yeah, exactly. Yep. And then and the other side of it too, and I mean I'm hurting because all I have are flat screens in the house anyway. But when you can't when you can't play Duck Hunt or Hogan's Alley, come on now, I need yeah. I need that light gun experience is what I need. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, Ma- uh, Clyde, when I interrupt you, you were talking about mi- uh, microcomputers. Well, that's yeah. What he just said, Raspberry Pi. There's there's a number of different microcomputers that you can use to emulate old game systems mm-hmm. and play old games, and you can put multiple emulators on the same machine. So people create like people will buy the shells of existing systems and you know take the the guts out and put in a microcomputer so that it looks like the classic system, but then it you know it's just plug and play, flash memory. They play all the stuff. You know what I mean? There's a whole you know subculture of people who do that, and they've been doing that for a while. So the NES Classic was Nintendo's chance to put themselves back into that market and soak up some of those dollars that are flying around for their properties. Because let's be real, if anybody should be making money off Nintendo properties, it should be Nintendo. I mean, I don't think anybody disrespects that aspect of doing business, right? Hashtag truth. Okay. Except their policies make it so that they're not going to be the ones that benefit from this stuff. And the the reason this is particularly relevant is uh, the rumor is that they're set to announce the SNES Classic, sometime to come out this year probably for the holiday season again yeah and so like people are cut like people are understandably like well why you know there's very mixed feelings on one hand like a lot of people regard the super nintendo as being that system that a lot of people missed because there's a lot of great games on it but the n64 came right on its heels and the N64 was very flashy because it was, you know, full 3D modeling and everything, even though, it, you know, by modern standards, it do- isn't tight. Um, and then obviously when N64 hit right around the same time period was when PlayStation hit and Xbox came a bit after that. So modern era of gaming came on the heels of this. And, you know, Super Nintendo only had a couple years to really have its chance before, you know, the more modern game systems really stepped in. But people are like, well, why should we care? Because we pretty much know that you're going to short run this, just like you did the NES Classic. You create a collector's demand market when artificially. Mm-hmm. That's that's. I've always hated that. I've always hated that. I mean, it's one thing to like legitimately preserve the collector's value of collectibles. I can respect that, especially with my background coming from Magic the Gathering. You know, they've taken steps with that game to make sure that some of the oldest cards in existence can't be reprinted anymore so that they don't lose value, so that people don't lose confidence. And they tend to try to be pretty careful about how they handle reprints in that game so that things don't lose all their value. Usually I say that with a big asterisk in the middle of that, but the point being that people want to be able to invest money into a hobby and especially a collector's hobby and know that their investment is going to hold value, some value, things go up, things go down. That's to be expected. You know, things happen all the time that can really shake things up. But the NES classic was a good opportunity 
to you know carve into that market satisfy a lot of people and they've satisfied some people and they've made a crap load of money for, <laughs> they've made a crap load of money for you know entrepreneurial types who are willing to do the work to pick up these units and flip them online or sit on them and flip them later which again i am not condemning that behavior a lot of people will condemn they they hate on people who do that stuff but like that's just that's the nature of commerce you know that's a free market system people yeah, don't see, hate the player hate the game on that yeah. exactly yeah you, you go back to the source and say well there's one entity here who can solve that problem and they didn't and now they're going to rush out another product that i'm sure they're going to do the same thing with again and that's that's the real crappy part well, um, and that's i know I saw, i've seen people saying well you know they needed to they needed to discontinue the nes classic because the snes classic is going to come out and they need to devote resources to that well the r&d is already done you already have the infrastructure in place they're already being produced the plant space is already there the machining is already there i don't understand why you don't just flip on the auto create <laughs> pump them out and i mean it's they're literally printing money with every one of those that comes off the line right yeah. and and it would do uh, nothing but fund the snes classic r&d which i can't imagine is a whole lot because they're not creating new games for it right they're just they're just you know configuring their emulator that goes in the box at you know thirty percent the size or seventy percent the size, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So so the the question is then, if obviously they don't, they it's not like they're building the Wii U or the Wii or the Switch or anything where it's a mass market. We want every every household needs to have one or whatever the reasonable consideration would be. It's hey, this was a fun idea, and apparently it costs us five cents to make each one because we're going to sell it for sixty bucks, and then we're just going to stop. So does that mean you give two craps about the SNES or apparently the, the Cube Classic or 64 Classic or anything else? I always called it the 64 the Cube because it was a freaking cube. No, um, that was the GameCube. Yeah, that was the GameCube. All right, sorry. Got so I, oh, I skipped the 64. That's what it was. I went NES, Super NES, nothing for a while. PlayStation went back and got a GameCube because it did some really cool stuff with Mario and and whatnot. GameCube uh, was a solid system. I mean, it was. But do we? That, that's my question. Do we care if they're going to make an emulator? Did they just kill their market for anything going forward? You, no. You could, yeah, they they didn't because there's plenty of people that are still going to want it. There's going to be people that didn't get the NES Classic. They're going to want to try and make up for it getting the SNES. Plus, just the fact that it says Nintendo on it, they're going to bring people running. And that's and and that's what that's what irks me the most is because they they can see the potential money the potential dollars that they're they're going to have enough to produce this, but not have any kind of long game strategy for it. You know, I mentioned the Retron because Retron is on what the Retron five five or six by now, and and that's just one of third uh, that's just one of many third party producers that have figured out how to play uh, Game Boy, Nintendo, and. Super Nintendo cartridges and Genesis cartridges all in one system. I've got one here. That's what I let the kid play games on. And they come with two wireless controllers. I think I bought it for 70 bucks. And it'll play all of my games except the light gun games. Mm-hmm. So and it, when Nintendo doesn't itself license something and put it out, they're they're just missing they're just missing you're out just, on dollars. You're just giving money to the counterfeit and microcomputer market. Yeah, you're yeah, you're 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 propping up third-party counterfeiters and a secondary market and i don't understand why you think that's what your customer base wants especially your fans your most rabid fans don't want that no they they want official products i mean really that's why like some nes uh, uh, to give a little story here 
Uh, last year, I got into retro gaming a little bit, and I, I did a couple of Craigslist deals where I just bought some stuff that people wanted to get rid of. And one of the things I bought was a Game Boy that came with two copies of Kirby's Dreamland 2, one copy of the first game. I paid $25 for a Game Boy missing a battery cover, a beat-up screen, and three games. And I turned around and sold the two copies of Kirby's Dreamland 2 for $15 a piece online and made nice. back more than I put in. And the reason for that is people want the legitimate classic product. You know what I mean? And yeah. that was those were loose, no boxes, no nothing. You know what I mean? Just just the carts themselves. I cleaned them up a little bit and and sent them on their way. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's still a thing at GameStop. They have a, a tiny little glass case at my GameStop anyway of all the old carts and you can just go in and they're expensive. I mean, they're like you're saying 15, 20, 30 bucks a pop. Well, some of them because you can't crap. get them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you talk about stuff like Battletoads, like, the, you know, that's the classic call-out that everybody is familiar with that people know is worth money. There's uh, especially old JRPGs, like uh, Secret of Mana, stuff like that. Like, a lot of that stuff fetches big dollars, especially if you have the original print, you know, the original manufacturing run, if you have it with box and book and all that stuff. People want the legitimate products, so, but there's a whole section who aren't willing to invest that kind of money into spending like 60, 70, 80, a hundred dollars on a classic cartridge for a system that fails like crazy. Cause the NES does, for example, fail like crazy. I basically every single one of them have to have their cart, uh, reader replaced at some point, except for a couple of the later models and some of the Japanese models, the actual Famicons don't have to, but like, you know, so people want the legitimate products serve that desire. You know what I mean? Print it, if if sales slow down, by all means, ramp down your production. Stop, you know, produce, you know, X amount to, to sit on for some time or whatever so that you can continue filling supply. But you don't have to make it forever. Right. Now, this, this they just did this with the Pokemon Go Plus. A, a pre-order, sold out pre-order. You couldn't get it off the shelves for months and months and months mm -hmm. and it wasn't until this past winter that I could go into any local store and there's three or four sitting on a shelf and that's it i mean they're not a lot on the shelf but they're there now at legit price you know the 34.99 price or whatever it is and that's i don't know i mean we could devolve into all kind of stuff but it's it's for me I wasn't going to get the NES Classic. I might have gone for something nicer, like the if they got to the Cube Classic or the 64 Classic or something like that. Um, because I, I am a graphics snob, but you know, once you start getting into the 64, it's more modern graphics and modern gaming, and it just has better memories for me uh, that I would play. But I, I... Yeah, when you can emulate this thing, why are you... 60 bucks? Sure. It's a legit copy. It's legit... 30 I mean, games, whatever, but... I, I don't know where it is right now, but I've got a PSP that has an emulator built in that I was able to play old NES and GB nice. and stuff like that on. Yep. Like, yeah. I mean, this emulation's been around forever. Like, people have been doing this for a long time. But people were lining up to give you their dollars, and you're turning them away, because you're like, nah, I don't feel like making any more. Well, sorry, and I, sorry, people in America and every place else, I don't like your money. Well, and it's silly, too, because you look every Christmas season for what, the last four or five years, their their actual direct competition is just making money hand over fist. Uh, this year was, this last year was the first year of the Atari flashback. Um, what, the Sega, the Sega version's been out for two years? 
I think in television was the first one that I remember seeing, and that's been out for two or that's been out for at least three years, I think. So every every Christmas season, you can count on seeing one of these, you know, a section in, over at Toys R Us or wherever with at least three of these systems. That it's just it's an emulator box with controllers and it's actual legitimate by that brand. I think Activision may have had a, a, a system at one point. Um, and it's silly. So you, you're already seeing these Atari games, the Genesis games, and Nintendo comes to the table finally, and you're like, oh, this is awesome for one Christmas season. One Christmas season, and they killed it. And they're going to give us one one additional push, and then they're done. Like It's like right. you were saying, Paul. You can understand it. If sales start to slip, then you slow back production. Yeah, absolutely. And bust it out at Christmas time when you know you're going to explode again. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. If you want to bring it back annually for a Christmas time, you know, if you make it a limited season product, that's fine. Just keep bringing it back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because that's the other thing. It's flash memory, too. There's no reason why this can't just sit on a, sh- you know, sit in warehouses. It'll still be good. You know what I mean? Well, I think they're they're almost competing with themselves because I have the Wii U. And even on the Wii, I think I spent 2 to $5 on the actual Super Mario Brothers 3. The, the, the legit emulator copy from the Wii store. Mm-hmm. And I played it for a little while. Wait, oh, I remember why I hate this game, even though I, I was challenged to beat it as a kid. Now as an adult, I'm like, this is crap. You're too hard. I hate you. You know, uh, but they, they are they, all through Christmas. I hate, I hate that they have this ability, but I have that Wii U tablet, right? And it's got a blue ring and it will flash. And every freaking day through the Christmas season, it's an ad. You hit the button, it's an ad that pops up. This is on sale. Right now, they've been pushing all the classic Mario games, mm-hmm. you know, which some of those actually come on the NES Classic. But mm-hmm. for a few dollars, they're just doing a digital download, which honestly, marketing wise, that's more money because. It's just there. Now you have a license to use it. It's a di- it's a digital button versus a machine that you ship. But I don't know. We need but, we need to move on. We're circling this one. Okay, yeah, Chris, you'll get. Well, the last I say, that's but that's that's not necessarily competing against themselves though, because you've got two different types of gamers that are going to buy those, and you're going to have plenty of people that buy all three. They, I mean, they've been making these games available since the GameCube, since they first had an online presence yeah. or in collected discs. Because I know I had the Zelda collector's disc that had Zelda 1, Zelda 2. Because um, that came as a promo with, uh, was it Windwalker? When it came out. I think that was a promo through through GameStop. Anyway, um, so you'll get those guys that want it on the latest, greatest system. Like, oh, look at this cool thing I can do on my new system. I can play retro games. Cool. But y- yeah. if you still offer them the ability to, have, to buy a Nintendo brand new in the box from a store in whatever configuration it may be, they're still going to buy the thing. Phil... uh you know what my last thought on it is uh you give me actual mike tyson punch out on my iphone as an app i will pay you uh, about 9.99 is my limit but i'll pay you 10 bucks for mike tyson's punch out you know just to play that one app on my phone i'll give you 10 dollars, but not mr dream you better put mike tyson in there i ain't playing it that's all i'm saying all right, uh, Chris, don't mute now because you've got this next one. You've got news about Star Trek Discovery, which you buried under a nice other video that you shared with our group about, uh, uh, well, it's a karaoke competition. What's it called? It's not even karaoke. It's lip sync battle, lip sync battle. Yeah, you kind of buried the lead with this one, but uh, the the tag you put on it was, it's kind of bad when your press release sounds more presidential than anything else. What do you got, man? 
Okay, so anyway, there was a recent interview with uh, CBS's interactive president, Mark uh, Debevoir. Sure. You have, sure. Too many, you have any, too many letters and weird pronunciations in your name. Anyway, so his quote is, it's going great. I've actually been up there to the set. It is, you know, phenomenal. It is huge. It's, and we're very excited about the content. They're create, the creators, the actors are all coming together. As you said, we're not tied to any specific release date. It'll be there when we're ready to do it and when we feel it's in a great place. We're not worried about anything here. We're excited and we'll, <clears throat> and we'll have more details and specifics as we get closer to what will likely be the release dates. I got sad. you. I got you. You're, yeah, sad. I get it. You, you don't want to. You don't want to overpromise and underdeliver with a date. That's too easy. I got you. Tell me. Tell me third quarter 2017. I don't need a. I don't need a, a release date on a Friday like a movie. Tell Give me you've summer. actually shot an episode. That that'd be nice. Yeah. Tell me the pilots in the can. Half the season's done. Tell me that you actually have footage somewhere that somebody is is looking at right now. So because. The way I understand it is you've cast – I'm making up a number because it's probably a little bit more than this. You've cast like three people, and you keep saying it's coming, but everybody else has left this thing, and we have no idea what's going to happen. Well, see, now that's the thing. We're going to talk about something else in a minute here. Uh, we're going to talk about the Cloak & Dagger trailer that just hit today Yeah. Um, in a moment. But here's a point. You got Star Trek, one of the strongest IPs on the market. Like has a built. I would argue. Base. I would argue it's probably the strongest IP on the TV market to date. Mm, I don't know. That I might disagree with that. Yeah, well, you, no, they, they they announced Star Trek paywall, and people said, "Shut up and take my money." Well, okay, but let's. We're gonna get distracted talking about. Okay, it. all right, all right, all right. The point I'm making here is you have a strong IP, and you're dragging your feet. You can't get your creative in line, or whatever it happens to be. And you're going to be late to market with this where Marvel turns around and takes cloak and dagger, which is a fringe property. They put it on, they decide they're going to put it on Freeform, which is their, you know, CW, their yeah, version ABC, of CW. ABC family. Yeah. Right. It's, so it's going to be, you know, kind of aimed at teenagers and stuff. Uh, Discovery was announced before cloak and dagger was, and mm-hmm. cloak and dagger already has, filmed enough to cut together a really extensive trailer with a lot of different scenes. Like it's not like a teaser trailer where it's like, like the ones we, the one we just got for defenders where it's just all of them in an elevator. It's not like they did one day of filming and put together a little teaser. This is a legitimate trailer that shows like a story, you know what I mean? Like the beginnings of a story with like, you know, showing the two main characters at different points in their life, you know, like you see them as children and stuff. So, you know, definitely yeah. some serious yeah. filming. Like, they're well on their way. So the the question becomes, why can someone like Marvel go in a new direction with one of their properties, you know, by going for the younger bent and everything and kind of shaping it for a new audience and have it almost ready to market in such a short time period? And you can't take... I mean, I'm not going to say Star Trek is easy to write for because it's tricky and you've got to, you know, it's got to be compelling. It's got to hit it's all the tricky. Yeah, it's got you. Well, you've got to hit all the right chords. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so why? Why CBS? What the hell? Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. And and Star Wars is killing you. Hmm. They're destroying you. They're tearing off your uniform and dumping all over your chest. <laughs> oh. Like, like there are red shirts everywhere, and stormtroopers can suddenly hit things. Like you are getting screwed. CBS yeah. slash Star yeah. Trek. And it's it's weird too because. The, the two plays that they made to 
to promote this show. A, putting it behind the paywall, and and now they're putting it behind a paywall shows ex- exclusivity. So you're already going to get people frothing at the mouth. They're going to get that first episode, and then everything else has to pay for all access. They, they were going to get it because of that. And then you start dangling the carrot a little bit. Oh, look at what we've done. Look at what we've done. It's coming. It's coming. So then you get that anticipation up. But at a certain point, people are going to be like, I don't even care anymore. We're tired of hearing that it's coming. Either it, put up or shut up. Is it Brian Fuller? Is that his name? That's that the, was running it? Well, and he isn't he the one that left recently? Yeah. Basically, not recently, like months ago, before the holidays of 2016, he left. But yeah, they were announcing it. Brian Fuller, this and that and the other. He was the showrunner. They were doing something, and he left. And after the delays, after paywall, after everything that wasn't happening with it, when he left... I don't care anymore. I mean, not that I was tied to him, but I was like, okay, when you got the name that Star Trek geeks flipped out about, they said, absolutely, we love that he's doing this, and he walked away. This is like a 2020 property that they announced in 2016, and they got ahead of the the money game. They got ahead of the announcing game, whatever you want to call it. I think, I think they've shot themselves in the foot that – I've I've even heard that Worf is going to be a captain. He's my favorite Next Generation character ever. I still kind of don't care. Mm -hmm. Now, you put an episode in my digital app that I can watch, I might care now. But, yeah, you got nothing. You got nothing, Star Trek. Get off my porch. (laughs) I mean, that's not unfair. It doesn't make much sense. Uh, So, moving on to Cloak and Dagger, you're talking about that. You know, Klaus got to hear me listen to the, to hear me watch the trailer because he he called in right right as I was starting to watch it, and I was sitting there and I'm just staring at the thing, going, "Okay, I expected the the family stuff, the teeny stuff, nothing about this other than the Marvel tag at the front says it's superhero." It's almost to the end. They're like, "Oh, thank you, finally!" <laughs> it did something to say there's some superhero stuff there. Uh, what do you guys think? I, I I don't know. I I like. What I like about it is the thing that I've liked about a lot of the different directions Marvel has chosen to go is can you make shows in different genres in different genres about superheroes and not make it about the superheroing? Yes. And that's and that's okay. Like it's it's like you you watch it because of the superhero because you're familiar with the property and you want to see what to do with it. So of course you want to see the superheroing, but it doesn't have to be front and center. It doesn't have to be first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it can it it's it's a plot device that helps the story or because of the story. But the compelling writing and the different directions that that Marvel has been able to show that they can spread their wings to just in the movies alone, let alone the t- different TV properties. It's they're they're showing range that that others other IPs are not showing at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. And there, there was nothing I hated about the trailer to start with. It, hold on. Y'all carry on. I've got a, a little sound to squash. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so that's the thing is watch, watching the trailer, um, I'm actually very intrigued to see where it's going. You know what I mean? Like, Agreed, yeah. It's, uh, oh man, like it. I was excited. Like, I was like, I'm not a big cloak and dagger person. I'm aware of who they are. But, like, I I was like, well, this is different than in their original dynamic, but I respect it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, I'm really interested to see what kind of story they want to tell. You know, I want to get, I, I can't wait to give them the chance. You know what I mean? To, to try to win me over. Particularly right now, because 
a lot of the rest of the, we're going to talk about this further in the episode as well. Uh, a lot of other comic book TV right now isn't really hitting the chords that I would like it to. So I'm excited to see where this goes because I, I'm willing to give a show that's aimed at young adults a lot more leeway than I am willing to give a show that's supposed to be aimed at adults. And then I ends, gotcha. up, ends up devolving into other stuff. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that this story originally was aimed at young adults, period. Now, did you guys feel... Here's what I know about Cloak and Dagger is Tyrone, I believe, was a drug addict. He died in a drug deal. Uh, Tandy was a runaway. I'm not entirely sure what her thing was. I don't know exactly how they got the powers other than this crystal thing. Uh, it looks like I'll be learning by watching the show. But it looks like they really made Tyrone the good boy from the trailer. Like, he's trying hard. He's doing the sports. He's a clean-cut kid. I'm not sure if they've totally changed his background. Would you care? I mean, you said you didn't know much about it, but if if his background was bad boy and they changed it to good boy, would you care? Well, and I can't remember for sure on my, myself, um, but I almost feel like Cloak, was living on the streets, but he wasn't necessarily like a, a bad guy. He just had a problem. I mean, he could still be. Yeah, I think he had a he, drug issue. I think. Yeah. And he could still have that same drug issue and just be, you know, like the quarterback of the team. And so, he, you know, he's projecting one face to the public, and on the other, he has these demons that he's fighting because he's addicted to drugs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I with little they showed of the superpowers, hmm. looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Looked pretty. Of course, they showed us more of Tandy. She is the light side. Dude, light dagger. Did you did you catch that? Yep. Instant light dagger, man. Well, that was cool, but the the little bit that they showed a cloak on the rooftop with the cloak I know. Out. I was about to get I to was that like, point. oh my god, this looks amazing on it the rocks does. on rooftop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now I do see where they're teasing that. It looks like he does get tied up in something. There's some kind of, I'm assuming a dirty cop from the trailer. He's in a trunk. Uh, he says, don't shoot me. At some point, he's running off, and they are shooting. He wakes up on the roof. Because what, what people may not know is that that cloak is permanently attached to him. It's the uh, – they don't call it the dark space. They call it something else. It's basically not purgatory, but something similar. You don't want to stay there. It's kind of like hell. Uh, but he can go in and out of it without a problem. Um, and then they become this inseparable team. It, yeah, Klaus, I was with you, and he had the cloak on. I was like, okay, you didn't show the world what that cloak does, but I know what that cloak does, and that's awesome. Yeah, that uh, that's that's good visual storytelling, though, is it's like, okay, because you can tell immediately that's not just a piece of cloth. You know, the way it billows in the, in the wind and everything, it's like that yeah. doesn't have normal cloth dynamics. You know, so clearly there, that's something about his power set. So you don't need to know anything about him to be like, all right, that looks pretty cool, and I'm really intrigued to see where this is going. Yeah, I, I with you. Uh, yeah, any other thoughts on that, Chris? Nope. Then we've got uh, Captain Marvel finds his directors. Did you say directors? Are we getting a Russo Brothers film again? No. Who are we getting? Who are we getting? Uh, so they've settled on... Um, Oh, here it is. The names are filmmakers Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, uh, who produced the f- or who did the film Mississippi Grind, um, which I'm not familiar with. 
Yeah, but, I've heard of that. Uh, apparently, uh, this article from Hollywood Reporter states that Marvel went to great lengths to court a lot of uh, female directors. Uh, they were very cognizant that that would be important uh, to make sure, you know, being that this is the first female character like standalone character you know it, that it'd be really important to hit the right note with that especially because of the, a lot of the criticisms around various comic book properties recently about not having the right people in the right places uh so it seems like they've they've kind of maybe you know checked all their bases here by hiring a duo uh so I'm not sure if there's something about their dynamic that makes them exceptional in that regard. Um, but they do also have some notable writers, uh, Guardian of the Galaxy's Nicole Perlman and Inside Out's Meg Lefauve. Sure. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. I apologize if I, if I butcher <laughs> Maybe that. we should ask DC on screen how to pronounce things correctly. Well, we could just ask you. Since <laughs> 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 you are their mouthpiece. Well, the, the the joke though is that they have a long running history of not pronouncing names correctly. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Cause you don't listen. Okay. We we listen to our show. <laughs> you don't listen to our show. <laughs> the show you're on. <laughs> I mean, why would I listen to them when I hear all of it just for you? Ah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so when do we when do we actually start shooting this thing? Uh, it should be. Uh, it has a release date of March eighth, twenty nineteen. So it should begin sometime soon. That'd be cool. I'm. I think uh, I have not heard confirmation. I I seriously do not believe we've confirmed it. We have theorized that Captain Marvel is going to show up in Infinity War first, unless it's Chris and it'll show, she'll show up in Civil War first. In Civil War. Yeah, she did. Yeah. You just didn't see it. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> Uh, so, all right. New Warriors, this is Squirrel Girl and crew, is coming to TV. What have you got there, Chris? That's another show coming to Freeform. Um, they, uh, it's going to be a 10-episode ten, ten deal right now is what they're looking at. Um, they announced the, the uh, not the cast, but the, yes, the cast, sorry. Not not the actors playing the cast, but the, uh, the characters are going to be in it, sorry. Uh, so it's going to be Mr. Immortal. Night Thrasher, Speedball, Microbe, and Debris, in addition to Squirrel Girl. So, um, this property could be really strong. Um, what they've been talking about so far in the, the announcements that they've been talking about leading up to it, um, this might be this might be the fun one. So, I, I really think what they're they're setting like free free form up to be fun one or no, like Legends of Tomorrow, fun. Like Legends of Tomorrow is the one that out of out of Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, yeah. and and Legends. That's the one that doesn't take itself seriously. That's the, the fun one. I think that's what this is going to be. Um, they're really setting Freeform up to, I think, be the CW killer. Is what they're hoping for. Hmm. Or at least compete with them. Yeah, at you know, least you don't actually need to kill them, but you need Agents of Shield ain't doing it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I, I, what I think they really want is they want they want. A better foothold into regular TV, like they're killing it with the Netflix shows. You can't disagree. Um, they may have had missteps, but they're still killing it on on that on that platform. But what they need is they need something that's got more broad access. Although then you're still talking about freeform versus saying ABC proper or something. 
um, because unless you've got cable, you don't have freeform. That's not something you can pull off of everything. And there's a lot of cord cutting that's been going on lately. So, um, and, and I don't know what Freeform's app is like, if you can get it like you can CW Seed or whatever, um, or CW even. Um, but this is, they're, they're really setting up to take another, another stab at television, which is, which is nice. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I did see a billboard, something the other day about Freeform, binge watch, all episodes, blah, blah, blah. I am actually looking at my app store on my phone to see what we can find. Because uh, I they they said something about it. Let's see what happens. Freeform, it's, watch live TV and stream full episodes. It's a free app. Nice. Um, they're set up for a 2018 release as well. So I don't know if that'll be in conjunction with uh, Cloak and Dagger or if that they'll end up replacing each other. And then if they have a strong first season, um, both will get full season uh, slates. Yeah. I would like to see a darker animated series uh, in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, darker's not the right word, but like th- this with the New Warriors, instead of being live action, I would like to see a well-done animated series that's geared towards college-age adults, high teens. You, Teen Titans is fun, but sometimes some of the versions of Teen Titans is a little too childish for me, right? To really get into and follow. Uh, I'm thinking of like New Frontier with uh, uh, I want to call them Super Friends, but the the DC crew, uh, Justice, Justice League. League, Justice League, yeah, New Frontier. Yeah, that was a, a show that I watched for myself and as an adult, and I would like to see some animated stuff on regular TV for Marvel along those lines. That's all I'm saying. All right, class, you got nothing else there. We're going to jump to the break, and then we got a question about more comic book TV, and I got on my old pappy soapbox and lost my mind the other night, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. So stay tuned. You know how this goes. We're going to pay the piper, and we'll be back in just a second. And we are back, and I've got the question, but, you know, to answer this question, I got to, hold on, hold my beer, because I, I, I got to get on my pappy, my big pappy box here. I did. I lost my mind the other day with the moment in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're not going to talk specific moments. I've got an overall question. But between my complaints about Iron Fist and my complaints about the ending of... Uh, uh, you just said it, Chris. I just lost my mind. Flash? Legends of Tomorrow's. Legends oh, of Tomorrow's. Tomorrow's. Yeah, I haven't finished The Flash. Although everybody told me, because I was behind, catch up with Flash, like, skip the musical episode. It was dumb. You know, there's just, I didn't watch it. I took the advice of those who do watch it and said, okay, I can skip it. It was nothing major. Um, God, you know, just some missteps, some different things. Is comic book TV devolving to treat us like we're stupid as the audience? Because my major complaint with Iron Fist was they, they, they did. They just treated us like we're stupid. Like we didn't, we can't put A and B together. And my major complaint about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that specific episode, was one sentence of dialogue would make this a smart scene, but instead we're supposed to pretend like something's not there just because you wanted to go the story route. And it, it just infuriated me, and I was exhausted. I did. I got on our little chat, and Klotz, he bumped Chris like, hey, 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 McFalls, this is mine. Come watch. <laughs> but you guys are, 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 is comic book TV treating us as a general audience like we're stupid? Um, I don't, I, I don't know, but I didn't have the problems that you had with some, like the Legends of Tomorrow finale, I liked, 
I liked this last half of the season of Legends of Tomorrow. Um, and again, I I feel like the twist that they did. It was. It wasn't the twist. It was. God, it's hard to discuss it without spoiling it. And I don't think we're not quite out of the two week window yet. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, it literally just happened. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I think we're off the two weeks because Shield has been back for two, two, three weeks, and yeah. I think they were the week after. I will leave it. Here's what here's what I'll do. I will leave it for people. It, Chris, I'm with you. I liked the back end. I liked how <laughs> I liked how they did everything. But it was it's it is a trope. It is 100 a trope that nobody dies in comic books. How you handle it can be really good or really bad. And I thought it took away any suspense of every show that I complain about when they they use that but we're supposed to care that people are dying when and i'm gonna stop there because i don't want to spoil it anybody who wants to go binge it on netflix i, I want to leave it for you but we know we know in comic books characters don't die they always come back some way somehow we know that's gonna play into the movies we know that's gonna play into the tv show but you can't hang a oh my god moment on that because it doesn't exist you know that that net okay Iron Fist we are out of the two weeks and both of you've watched it so I know you can't bugger me about this Iron Fist Harold Meacham coming up out of the water was no surprise they wasted twenty minutes playing with that in that episode why why you just that's twenty minutes of my life I can't get back what are you talking about that was fine. I hate you so much right now. No, that regular everyday people don't didn't expect that. You know what I mean? Like that was fine. There are I'm with you as far as there are examples of some of the storytelling choices where they basically imply that we can't follow a complex narrative and everything has to be real stupid simple. I'm with you if that's your argument, but like that is just not one of the examples. Well, my my argument would be specifically about the one line in Aces of Shield, but that did just come out. It's not a season finale. It's honestly not a big twist. Because uh, I almost responded back to you, but I realized I was starting a fight because you're like, because I was saying, talking about venting, and you're like, yeah, but people don't normally drop season ending spoilers in the <laughs> chat. Like, and I almost wanted to come back at you and say, it's, it literally is. That's what got me mad. That episode is not a season ender, and it's not a twist plot, and it's not a spoiler. Because it's stupid, all of it, and it is only like two episodes back from the breaks. So it's, it's whatever. But it, and then I backed off because I was just ill because of the oh, show, and I was ill I was because under, of being tired. I was under the impression that that was a season finale. I'm not current on Agents. Yeah, I get that. And I almost went that's from the guy who didn't even watch, you know. But now I realized I was being grumpy. I was being a grump. I was. I was being a grump and a tired person. I don't it. watch that show anymore. I mean, I will watch it, but not until it's all done. Like, I'm not going to do the week-to-week thing. There's no appeal for me for that. Yeah, then that's fair enough. If, if we want to talk about stupid storytelling and how, like, they pander to, like, the most basic of audience expectations, this runaround stuff that they were doing in the beginning of the season with Sky, where it's like, I'm I'm over a lot of that stuff. Like, I'm yeah. yes. over the, oh, too, you know, more edgy than edgy crap with her mm-hmm. and how, like, we mm-hmm. get it. 
you you had a, oh. a crappy upbringing and you know you're upset i'm i'm done with that story like let's move on let how about yeah. you showed sky coming to age and becoming an adult and then you treated her like a child again and oh, i'm it tired gets better. oh well. as in it gets worse <laughs> it gets worse it it's yeah yeah. yeah, what they're doing now, they flipped it. Instead of being edgy and knowing what's going on, she's now surprised at everything. It, it, I, I don't want to give it away for those who want to watch. But I, I'm at the point where I'm almost hating this show, and it pisses me off. My argument to you guys of why I was so upset, yeah, partially it was that I was exhausted, I was overreacting. But why I'm so upset is I'm the one who wants to believe. And I'm the one that goes into Transformers going, Oh my God, huge robots! And you give me crap about it, and that's fine. But I love every second of it. I don't care how bad the story is. I love every second of it. And I've loved the cheesiness from episode one, where he talks about Lola, and it's the flying car, and he has some cheesy line at the end of episode one, Colson does, and they fly off. I loved it, because I was like, that's the right amount of cheese for me. I love what they're doing. And they have just stepped all over my love of Marvel, to go into basic basic stories and basic bad acting and why why does this why are they reacting this way iron fist when he was surprised that his fist could reflect bullets we watched a video in the show itself showing a guy getting shot at by machine guns and getting no blood splatter no damage whatsoever and defeating all those chinese soldiers why are you surprised you can deflect bullets why am I as an audience supposed to have a dun-dun-dun, aha moment? <sighs> Sorry. Now now I feel like an old man get off my porch, but I'm pissed. <laughs> I am pissed. Because I feel well, like they're treating me like I'm stupid. No, well, I feel like the, the, the Iron Fist thing specifically, I feel like the, the story was treated like he went through the trials and like pretty quickly after getting the Iron Fist, he left. Yes. So he didn't owe the full potential. Plus, he had never been. So the monks that were teaching him gave them, you know, their point of view and probably didn't tell him all there was to know because he's a kid and an outsider. So you got to grow into that. I I don't know that he would have known everything. It feels like he went to summer school and then left. Yeah. Yeah. And one line, again, one little, maybe one little scene would have fixed that. In the flashback to the dragon with the red eyes. Because that's all we got was the red eyes, right? But if he, if the dragon had said to him, you're not ready, you need to get rid of this rage, but you are the Iron Fist, go deal with this, boom, change the whole story. Away. Oh, we get it. He is doing what he has to do to become Iron Fist, and we know that Davos won't, won't understand, and we know the other monks won't understand because it was his message from the dragon. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. And that wouldn't that have fixed it for you guys? The dragon says, go deal with your rage, and then you can become the Iron Fist. Would it have fixed it for me for them to explain more to show that they weren't treating me like I was stupid? No. What? No. <laughs> well, you're, I, like, I you're saying like, you want more explanation. But no, you're, no, 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 not more like explanation. Like, they, the, he, he, like Cot said, I felt like they treated the character stupidly because he just left. And he never, he, his whole thing was reasons. Because yeah, reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah, one of my big beasts with it was that yeah. they said he was in Kunlun for 15 years. And apparently in that 15 years, he learned nothing. And you honestly, like, it, I, yeah. 
through all of it like because he he's one moment uh, uh the the wisest of sages and then the next minute he's like just a punk kid that's and it there was no balance it. to it like it just it wasn't it didn't seem like a real character to me Mm-hmm. If I'm on that, yes, that's in the first couple of episodes. You're right. He's coming off wise. He's centering himself. He's talking to a homeless guy. He's got wisdom, and he carried it. Okay, and, he's and then by the end, he's like, time. "Earth gone, and it's all my fault." <gasps> what? Shut up. I mean, Sorry. no. I mean, that's maybe that's a fair criticism to lob at uh, Marvel right now. Is that at least. With Agents of Shield and Iron Fist, they they really haven't done a great job of telling complex stories based on the characters, where the characters don't seem like complete morons. You know what I mean? Like that's because yeah. that, that's my other big frustration with Agents of Shield is I feel like outside of Coulson, Coulson, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you always get the impression that Coulson knows what's up, even if he's not being forthcoming with it. But he's yeah. intelligent. He's engaged. He has a weakness. In, in Daisy that he will acknowledge, you know what I mean? But that ultimately, you know who he is and you know he's a problem solver and he regularly does solve yeah. problems. Where, the, you know, they, they, they are so wishy-washy with some of the other characters that like Sky Slash Daisy, sorry, I used her dead name earlier, uh, <laughs> you know, where she's like really on the ball and really intuitive one second and then she's just stupid. Then I, like she knows nothing, and it's like, how can you be so brilliant that you can, you know, outsmart complex computer systems and hack into anything and be ten steps ahead of, you know, Shield and anybody else who wants to hunt you down, and yet you're just completely surprised by the slightest story twist, like that doesn't yeah. make sense to me, and the portrayal is always really juvenile and I don't like that because I thought we had moved past that. You know what I mean? I don't like to see a character regress because that doesn't okay. really make a lot of sense. The movie Iron Man versus Captain America. Great story acting at the end. The whole, I know it was a, you kill my mother thing, but the way it was played out, the lines to each other in the midst of that fight felt like real People lines. Mm-hmm. The his, the death of Tony's parents pushed him to be who he was, and then to find out it's Bucky as a human being, he's going to lose it. And then they they brought it back together at the end, right? He got defeated. He's sitting at his desk, and he gets a note from Cap, and he smiles. That's a human thing. He's dealing with his issues in the moment it came up. I loved that. I well, actually good. enjoy some of the cheese ball stuff they do on, on Flash when they tried to explain, not Flashpoint, but before they got to Flashpoint, they're trying to explain time remnants. I didn't understand it, but I felt like they did a good job. I felt like whatever that means, that's good enough for me in comic book science. Cool. And it was fun. And I I felt like that was real people. Even in, even not Joe, right? Sitting there going, uh, I don't get it. Okay. You know? They have these moments in these shows that you can identify with somebody if you don't get it. But mm-hmm. with S.H.I.E.L.D., you're right. It's just one day they're high-end agent, other than Coulson. Because Coulson, no matter what comes, you feel like he knows it's coming no matter what, even yeah. if he doesn't. You know, other than that. And May is okay, but the rest of them, well, even Fitz. Even- I love Fitzsimmons, but they can be like... 
even what? A regresses at times. Yeah, yeah. Because she she is demonstrated very early to be extremely competent, extremely capable of putting her emotions aside and doing what needs to be done and being, you know, intuitive and smart and solving problems. And then there are points where, like, I understand there's a point once in a while to be like, all right, somebody can't keep their emotions in check anymore when she's dealing with her husband, ex-husband. You know what I mean? Like that makes sense to me. Like there are times when during that storyline where she would lose rational thought. Fine. But then even at the beginning of this season of agents of shield, there's points where she's just not acting rationally. And I'm just like, why, what is this? Like, what is this? You're, you're assassinating your characters. And that's the thing that I find frustrating. And, you know, so, and I, I think they just like, it's false drama. You know what I mean? You can have drama in these stories without, bringing people down to a childlike level of understanding yeah and, and they do that with Fitz from time to time too like Fitz will be like brilliant but like early on his characterization was that he was brilliant but he was very naive and immature but mm-hmm. after everything that they went through he he you know grew into a capable person Oh yeah. Especially, you know, trying to go, trying to find Simmons and doing anything that he had to do. And what he went through last season with like dealing with the possibility that he might've lost her in a romantic sense. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff made a lot of sense to me. I agree. And then hundred percent. And then in this season, I already, like I started right around the uh, LMD storyline. That's when I stopped watching, and I don't know where it goes, but I started to see little slips of it, and I was like, please don't backtrack. Don't have characters make a bunch of forward momentum in their character development and then just throw that all away because you want to tell the story you should have told two years ago now. Because that doesn't seem genuine. Okay, so you in your life, as you've grown, have you ever slipped back into mannerisms or behaviors that you thought you had outgrown just in your natural life I mean, nope nope you've you've just always <laughs> just always well, that that charles has grown oh, yeah okay. <laughs> but in your development it's has it always just been 100 percent forward motion well and now i and, and i understand what you're saying but but to be fair there's got it's it's not it's it's okay. Not, okay. It's not deal breaker to me when I see character regression because that's how people develop. You, I mean, well, when you see me, it over and over and over again, and they don't learn from it, then yes, I'm, I'm on board with you. But that's what we're seeing. Like what's yeah. particular is it's over and over and over again. She falls into the same. It's me versus the world bullshit. Right. With with Sky, absolutely, you're 100 right. But like yeah. with Fitz, not so much. I, I no, at least from I my perspective, not so much. It's, well, that's it why I happened. thought I started yeah. to see the beginning of it, but I don't yeah. know where it went. No, I, I don't think Fitz regresses. Fitz, the the way some of it plays out, I don't know exactly where when, and it's not really spoilers. But the way some of it plays out, what you might see as regression or bad behavior is. Fitz doing the human thing of there's something wrong between us. I can't fix it. And it throws me off of who I am because I'm a fixer. Mm-hmm. And he even says a line like that to some point through all, all the LMD stuff. Uh, but to your point, uh, Chris, no, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely been times and, and you guys might've seen it uh, in me and, and you might see it in the future where certain things happen. You're like, Whoa, okay. That's, that was weird. And yeah, that's a human thing. But when you talk about how they handled it now, I get you big screen, multi-million dollar budget, Russo brothers, all that jazz. But when you see it in Iron Man and how he handled it versus 
every week on Shield when something happens, especially with Daisy. He's like, oh my God. You know, and I, I hear that voice come out of her too sometimes. Oh my God. <laughs> well, yeah. Clearly, that big showdown at the end of Civil War between Cap and Iron Man, you know, Stark just found out who killed his mom and dad. And he, he fought kind of like a kid losing his mind. He says it. He, he killed my mom. Yeah, like he yeah. says that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Almost verbatim. And that explains a lot. But despite that, I don't think the whole character regressed. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's the thing. is that we, We've seen Stark grow as a character over all the the movies, the MCU movies, and he still makes mistakes and he, you know, he's still kind of conceited and, you know, all of that stuff, but like he's grown and he starts making mistakes because he's trying to change some aspects of who he is. So he's making new mistakes. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. I can abide. I just get tired of seeing the same character dip back into right. the same BS almost week after week. And I'm like, it's old. And I don't really enjoy that. Like that kind of storytelling mm-hmm. doesn't appeal to me. I so, agree. I mean, I'm not saying that it's in, I guess I should backtrack a little bit, walk this back a little bit and say that I guess that is a valid story to tell because some people do regress constantly, but like when you've, honestly, they're not people I want to be around. Well, yeah. And when you've only got an hour a week with me to tell a story, I don't think you have time for that. Yeah. I mean, so, um, I I think I found a way to, to express my final point. And this is about writing, uh, in this episode of shield that I was complaining about, there's been some twists and turns that put people on other sides of the fence, right? Hydra side instead of shield side. It's all explained when you watch it. It's fine. I get that. The big bad is standing there in this group of people. And the storyline was about, and Chris, you were right when you talked to me about this. The storyline was about Gemma expressing, coming finally to express her full love for Fitz when there had been all these issues between them and different things going on. And she... Oddly and funnily enough, is the opposite of Fitz. Fitz, you're right. Was he the class when you said he was the held back character? He's a naive character. But as he developed, he really developed a way to express himself wholly, to be who he is. I mean, he really grew and is amazing. Whereas Jim has always been kind of stunted, always been. I don't know how to handle my emotions fully. I don't know how to express myself. And when there was a problem, she was the one who couldn't communicate about it. And he was because he grew. And and that's fine. I liked it. So this moment is to really push the boundaries to break down in a human way. Okay, no, I know who I am now. I I, I will lose him forever, blah, blah, blah. So, But the big bad standing there, and this person has a shot on Fitz, who's not the big bad. And the whole time I'm going, at least mention the big... They didn't mention the big bad standing there, except at the beginning of the scene, they mentioned it for a reason. But at no point in time did the character try to line up a shot on the big bad, which would end it all. No point in time. It was all about fits. The whole thing. And like, one line of dialogue. One line of dialogue is, I can't get a clean shot on the big bad. Would have solved all of that for me. Would have made it a smart scene. I would have followed with you. But I, in my head, I'm screaming the whole time, take the shot on her. Take the shot on that one. Take the shot on this one. Take anything but Fitz, because he's not the big bad. Take, try, and they did not even try. And it, I, 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 I just, I still am pissed off about it. I'm still pissed <laughs> off. That one line Clearly. would have fixed it. And and it's weak. It's weak. It's bad writing. Agent, uh, 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 Peggy Carter. Agent Carter. Agent Carter, 
we talked about it. That whole second season is like weak. Why would she react this way? Why, as somebody who sacrificed, not necessarily willingly, but lived through the sacrifice of Captain America, who still has a candle for Captain America as her one love or whatever, why is she making super bad decisions for this guy she kind of likes? It didn't play as a character, and they made bad writing decisions. And when they said the show was canceled, I'm like, oh, well, it was a, it was a mediocre season. Mm. I mean, See, now I'm gonna have to go back and watch that, rewatch that last scene because I thought they did say something about I can't get a clean. I thought he said something about I, he couldn't get a clean shot. If he did, I'm so pissed off. <laughs> but I mean, if he did, if he did, Chris, I missed it. But it, I, because I was looking for that line, and that I, I just, it was, it was, I don't know. I was, I, and a lot of this is built up. You know, the la- I, I expressed the last four episodes of Iron Fist bugged me. Um, mm-hmm. Especially the last one. I mean, do we guys? Do you guys think Harold Mitchum's actually dead? At this point, yeah. Like I think he's dead, dead. Yeah. But he shouldn't be, because they didn't cut his head off, which is what the only expert on the topic told them they had to do to kill him. Just saying. Um, Bushido, Bakudo, Bakudo. What's his name? Bakudo. He basically said. The only way to end this is to cut his head off. That didn't happen. Yeah, but I thought they said that he he could take the gift away. So I, mean, I don't know. It was, don't know. It was some mystical ceremony that got him. You know, some some occult thing, and if they can reverse it, reverse the spell, I guess that head <laughs> no taxi, I guess. <laughs> no taxi backsies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It plays into the we get great writing. In the movies, in my opinion, Ant Man. You want to talk about a person who's learned and regressed a little bit? Ant Man was great on that. Great in Civil War as well. Uh, he'll be great in Civil War too, otherwise known as Infinity War. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, I get one thing to mock Chris for it. It's, it's dead after this show. Yeah, he'll have gonna, a million. He's going to beat that horse till it's like. Uh, yeah, dust. I think I already have. So uh, I want. Let's end on a happier note. What is our favorite moments of? comic book TV right now mm. that we're getting it well you know it's funny a year ago on this show I made the statement that we were living in a golden age of mm-hmm. comic TV um, because a year ago everything was like way better than it is this year well almost everything era was still pretty crap last year but uh, I I feel like maybe my uh, see I can't end on a positive because I I really feel like literally everything I'm watching that's comic related lately has regressed. Like I'm not up on the DC ones this season, and I have heard good things about Legends, but I've heard mixed to bad things about Flash and Arrow. I've I mean obviously Iron Fist was the weakest of the Netflix show so far, and the back end of Luke Cage leading into it was also weak comparatively to the rest of the body of, of all that content. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, it, at the beginning of the season when I was watching, I had hope that what they were doing with Ghost Rider was going to be really enticing and really exciting. And it yeah. was for, like, an episode or two, and then he... You've kind of undermined a lot of my appeal to the character when you've made him just a member of the buddy cop show. 
you know, like just a regular, you know, non-aloof, just like one of the buddies. And honestly, non-badass. He was, a, and now I don't know much about the Robbie Reyes character. Uh, that would be fair. Mine was always Johnny Blaze. Uh, but I totally expected uh, uh, not just a, holy shit, Ghost Rider. I just totally blanked on his name. Not just a Ghost Rider who's powerful, but a host who's also like, this is life. This is what I do. You know, and he really was a guys. You don't know the demon inside me the whole time, and that's not my kind of character. But that might have been true to his character in the comics. Uh, so yeah, I was let down a little bit. But I will say, even though I complained a little bit about Flash and some of the stuff they're doing, and again, it's treating me like I'm stupid. And Chris and I have talked about that off the air because I don't want to talk about any of that here. It's still spoilery uh, with the theories there. I still really have enjoyed the character interaction and, and some of the character development, man. Bringing in, uh, oh, what's your name from the other dimension, Chris? Gypsy. Uh, Gypsy, thank you. Uh, bringing in Gypsy has really sparked some great character development, some team building stuff. I think they're still doing good there. Arrow, I'm a little behind on, but it's actually been pretty solid this season. For what I have watched, I've enjoyed it. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow was my favorite, and I love the cheese factor. I love how it doesn't take itself seriously. My only complaint was literally the the wasn't how they even ended it. It was that they expected me to care about the drama of the dying that pissed me off. Uh, but the rest of it, I actually enjoyed how they did it and how they brought things about. Um, Agents of Shield has been iffy at best, but I got to tell you, even with all the complaints and all the weakness. I still am so excited about the Defenders. You don't you don't even know. I mean, Punisher, I am just giddy about it. it's coming out. And I can't wait. Watching this trailer for uh, Cloak and Dagger, even though I know it's going to be a teen-based show, I'm going, I can't wait. I, I, mean, I got excited at the now. end of it. I can't wait for you to complain about how... Uh... Uh, there's all this relationship drama and stuff. Yeah, I know, right? God. The CW stuff. Like, why is this in my comic book stuff? And it's like, well, because it's on Freeform. Yeah, no, I know. G- give me give me the Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Buddy Cop show. And if they have any drama relationship between them, I'll actually eat that up because that's not been shown on TV at all. And actually, it's not true to the characters either. But did you, did you just you. ship them together? Like, I did. You heard it, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Uh, that was like two weeks ago. I said, uh, you know, shipping uh, heroes for hire as a <laughs> a, t- a, a romantic comedy. <laughs> as a, as a How very progressive of you, Charles. I'm proud. You know what? I said that a couple weeks ago when Chris said, "Yo, uh, when I was I was dumping on Iron Fist, and one of you two said that when people are close in combat, that happens. They get together. Like, oh, I can't wait for heroes for hire because then that'd be really progressive TV. Uh, but no." Uh, yeah, no, I, I probably, I do, I get tired of the overdrama. I mean, Bones was the same way, the TV show with uh, Boreanaz, and um, it, it just got a little too much into everybody's relationship, and I guess that's what people want. I know I'm not the mass audience. I know I like things differently than, than even, all of us on this panel like things differently than the mass audience the people who are the nielsen families right they just click on and watch it dude if you're watching tv live with commercials you got issues man cut that cord watch on the ass <laughs> get it right but you know i understand the mass audience is hey eight o'clock on tuesday is blah 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 show we gotta tune in and honestly i know that's what keeps these shows on tv and i get that and you're playing to the masses but i do believe there's ways to do great 
romantic intrigue and drama. Oh yeah. Without going too far There's over the edge. Shows that tackle romance and even have drama within the romance without it being juvenile. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's one thing if if the characters are juvenile, that's one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I expect teen drama in Cloak and Dagger. They are teenagers. Right. That's that's appropriate. That's that's fine and fitting. But yeah, no, it's like when adults act like twelve year olds yeah. with their first crush, then I'm just like, uh wow. Now it is just a trailer and it's only what, a minute, a minute and a half long? But even for that trailer, I felt like the characters were more mature than half the adults I see on comic book TV. <laughs> I just say it. Chris, what what's your happiness about comic TV right now? I uh, you, you said it, upcoming stuff, upcoming projects because there's always, I mean, when when you're dealing with seasons that are, you know, five five seasons, four and five seasons long, like we are with Agents of Shield and Flash and Arrow, it's easy to complain. We need to remember where we were when those shows came out. Like we were giddy about it and everything they were crushing, they were doing really good. But they're they're going to run into the same problems that every television show runs into once you're on for multiple seasons. So where do we yeah. go now? How do we continue to do it and still be new? And how far can we go this season and be new without affecting what we can do the following season? You know, you want to jump, but you don't want to jump too high because then that's where the right. bar is set for the following season. Dumb. But there's yeah. always new stuff coming out. So you get to see these 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 new characters that you haven't been introduced to. You get to see their storyline. So you get the new the, the advent of new is, is yeah. where I'm at. So. And the beauty of comic books is you want to do something different. Go to the source material. There's tons of stuff there that's not been done on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, the Electra Daredevil relationship, I enjoyed it because I know their torrid history. I know it's the love, hate, bad guy, good guy, you know, depending on which storyline and which time frame you're in. <laughs> you know, there's this this pull there. I enjoyed that. Uh, what, what I hate... <laughs> Is we just cannot get rid of certain characters, no matter how much we try. And I'll leave it there because I don't want to spoil things for people. But I do. I, I'm with you, Chris. Yeah, it's hope. the The future brings another day. And as long as we keep this money flowing in, as long as people are binging the crap out of the shows on Netflix, and then we talk about it and we do tell what we love about it and what we hate about it hopefully as a collective whole then the producers and the writers listen to us and course correct and and keep us on what we love and what works while trying new stuff as well foggy foggy and daredevil's relationship man that's great stuff yep that is true drama in a real sense love every second of it every second of that because I would expect, I would expect if Chris Wisdom was lying to me and going off and fighting crime and not telling me, I'd probably have a pity party too. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> They're like, whatever. Whatever, bro. So, all right. Well, that's enough of us uh, railing in your ear, ho- ear-, ear holes. <laughs> oh, one last. No, no, I'm not going to do that. But I do love, uh, you talked about the Thor trailer. You hit all the high notes for me last week. Uh, that that is going to be glorious. I I am I am going to love every second of that one. <laughs> uh, on the panel, 
Things might come out. I don't know, but I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to it. Speaking of panels, we've got the Guardians of the Galaxy panel scheduled. It is coming up uh, opening weekend. We'll be doing the panel right after opening weekend, as we normally do, and it's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to seeing that movie as well. Uh, you know what? I checked the emails today. Nobody wrote us in. Write us in what you love and hate about comic book uh, movie, movies and TV right now. Tell us your thoughts on the Coke and Dagger trailer. Get excited. Share your passion because that's really what we want to talk about, what we love and, and how we get into it. That is BTP at GiantSizeTeamUp.com. B is in breaking. T is in the. P is in panel. BTP at GiantSizeTeamUp.com. Of course, we've got the Facebook page is uh, breaking the panel. Twitter's at Panel Breakers, and we're getting a lot of great mentions and interaction over there. So please keep that up. And if you love what we do, you want to help us out, Patreon.com forward slash Breaking the Panel. And you know what? Tune in next week to hear Chris Wisdom say. Before you get too excited about Krypton, remember David S. Goyer wrote it. <laughs> Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. <laughs>